We will be reading Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, which you can find on your service sheet. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Thanks, Nathan. Hello, everyone. It's uh, good to see you. My name's Tom, if you haven't met me before. This is a great passage uh, to be starting the new year with and to sort of be looking ahead after summer as we think about following Christ. Why don't we pray and ask for God's help? Loving Father, we thank you that you speak to us and we thank you that you have begun a good work in us and we pray, Lord, that you will bring that good work to completion. We pray tonight that you would soften our hearts that we would hear, turn and obey. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Well, the question that we're going to ask tonight is, how can we make sure that we don't give up on following Jesus? How can we make sure we don't give up on following Jesus? Now, the message uh, of this passage is really simple, and I think it can be summed up uh, with that second sentence there, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. That's what we're talking about tonight. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Uh, This might come as no surprise to anyone here, but I am not much of a runner. Uh, I have dabbled, but it's not my great passion. I probably should do it more. But the Shelford Run is coming up, as you all know. And my son, Peter, uh, who is almost eight and probably faster than me now, uh, very much wants to go in the run again. He went last year, did great. Uh, Wants me to come with him, obviously. I'm a little concerned I'm not going to make it, (laughs) I've got to say. It's only 5K, uh, but it's been a while. And um, I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried I'm not going to get to the finish line. But, of course, this is the concern that the writer to the Hebrews has uh, with the Christians that he's writing to. He's worried that they've started the race, the Christian life, and he's worried that they're not going to make it to the finish line. And this is a big concern we have. It's a big concern we have for our own faith. It's a concern we have if we have children or if we have friends, we have family who are Christians. We are constantly concerned. Will we make it? Will we make it to the finish line? Uh, All throughout the New Testament, we hear that the Christian life is a race. You know, the Apostle Paul says a similar thing. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, he says, as he's about to die. And I think it's really important that we understand this, that the Christian life, it's not just a decision that you made long ago. It's a race that you continue in and you need to keep going in 
until you reach the end. That is, until you die or until Jesus comes back. And you've got to keep on running. It's a race. Obviously, the start matters. When the gun goes off, you actually need to go. And you need to make sure you're going in the right direction, not going the wrong way. The start matters. The decision matters. But it's not just a decision that you've made long ago. It's a race that you run every day. And I don't know about you, but certainly for me, I find some days I'm doing fine, I'm running quite well. Other days, I hit a wall, or I get a cramp, I trip, I stumble. Sometimes, even, we can be tempted about giving up on the race. I wonder if you ever feel that pressure to give up on the race. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine just the other week about a guy that I knew in, uh, in my old youth group that I used to lead a long time ago uh, who no longer follows Jesus. At the time at youth group, he was really on fire for Jesus and, and it was really sad to hear how he no longer does. He's, he's turned away from Jesus and gone his own way. It happens. It happens. I'm praying for him, praying that he comes back, but it, it happens. And, of course, we hear about it in the news as well. There's a spate of high-profile Christians uh, over the past few years, haven't there, that that have fallen away, uh, either shipwrecked their faith in some sort of scandal uh, or decided, actually, actually, I'm just not into this anymore. I don't believe this. I'm not going to follow Jesus anymore. And as I mentioned, this was a problem for the church uh, that is being written to here in the book of Hebrews. So how can we make sure that we don't give up? How can we make sure that at the end of our life we're going to be able to say, I fought the good fight, I've finished the race? I'm not sure where you're at tonight. Maybe you are running fine. You are just cruising right now, um, passing people as you go, just head held high. Maybe you are just hanging on by a thread. Or maybe... You have left Jesus behind, or you're thinking about it. Or maybe you haven't even started the race yet. I think this is a passage that is a real encouragement to all of us as we think about the Christian life as a race. So, how can we make sure we don't give up on following Jesus? Let's talk about three things we can see in the passage. First, look back to those who have run before. Second, leave behind any distractions or sin. Third, look forward to Jesus. Let's think about that first one. Look back to those who have run before. Have a look at the passage there. What does it say? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, who are these witnesses? Well, to understand what's being talked about here, you actually need to look at the chapter before. Because in the chapter before of Hebrews... Hebrews chapter 11, you get this long list of people in the Bible. People who trusted God. People who God gave a promise to, they believed, and then they stuck with God. They didn't give up. And uh, you can, don't do it now, I mean, if you're bored, you can. But in Hebrews chapter 11, you can turn back and you can read through, read through these people and look at their life and how they didn't give up. And so, we get a whole bunch of different people in the Bible. Mentions Noah. Okay, God tells Noah, build an ark, prepare for a flood in the middle of a desert. 
No one else, no one else thinks this is going to happen. Everyone else looks at him and thinks, what is he doing building this enormous boat in the middle of a desert? Or it talks about Abraham. God tells Abraham, go and leave your homeland, leave your family, leave everything you know, and I'm not even going to tell you where you're going, but I just want you to go. And then when he goes to this new land, he says, you know what, I'm going to give you all of this land, and I'm going to make you into a great nation. You're going to have all these descendants. This is a guy who's homeless and whose wife is barren. God gives, God gives these incredible promises And they have to just believe. They have to just trust God. And that's what faith is. That's the picture of faith we're given. At the start of Hebrews chapter 11, what is faith? Confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Now, I don't know about you, but this is one of the things I find hardest about the Christian life. We are being asked to trust in something that we cannot yet see, aren't we? It would be so much easier if I could see heaven right in front of me as I'm running the Christian race. It would be a lot easier, wouldn't it, to sort of head there if I can see it right there and sort of Jesus at the end going, I'm over here. That will be easy. We can't see it. We can't see what's promised. And we don't see the results so often as well. So often we look around in our life, we don't see the results of the Christian life. Life is hard. Life is a struggle. We don't see God's blessing. We don't feel God's presence. And so we're asked to trust in something that we can't yet see. Note what each of these people in the Bible are called. They're called witnesses. What are they witnessing to? They're witnessing to the fact that this is worth it. They got to the end... And the whole time they were running the race, they never got to see the results, but they got to the end and then they were able to say, it's true. God did come through on his promise to me. He was right. It's as if they've run the race before us, they've crossed the finish line, and now they're turning around and they see you coming and they're cheering you on. They say, come on, you can do it. You've got Noah, he's dripping wet. He's saying, it was true, the flood really came. You've got Abraham wearing his great-great-great-grandfather T-shirt on and saying, it actually happened. God keeps his promises. Keep trusting. Keep going. I think one of the really helpful things to remember as you read through Hebrews 11, I do encourage you to read it tonight when you go home. These people are often called the heroes of the faith. But if you've ever read the stories of these people in the Bible, they're not really heroes at all. They don't seem very heroic In fact, they're sinners just like the rest of us. They muck up all the time. I mean, Abraham, you kind of think, gee, doesn't he learn his lesson? He keeps on making the same mistakes over and over again. And they think, oh, so do I. What is it about them? It's not that they're special, but that they're trusting in a special God. They're trusting in a God that doesn't give up on them. A God who follows through on his promises. That's what's special. And they keep going. They stick with this God. They don't give up, even though they don't always see the results. And so that's the encouragement for us, to look back to those who have gone before. Now, how do we do that? It's very simple. We open up our Bibles and we read about them. This is one of the great encouragements of the Bible as we see these people who've gone before us and we see again and again how God comes through for them. 
We're meant to be building up our confidence in God, in our faith, as we read through the Bible and we say, yes, I can trust this God. I can rely on this God, this God who keeps his promises, this God who loves me, this God who is so good and faithful and true. Every time we open our Bible, it's like that great crowd of witnesses is gathering around the finish line, jumping up and down and shouting, keep going, you're nearly there. You can do it. So that's the first thing. Look back to those who've run before. The second thing we're told is to leave behind any distractions or sins. You see that next part? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Uh, Over the summer, I went to Greece. I was able to convince the faculty to fund a research trip to Greece And so me and another mate went uh, on their dime, which was pretty nice. Uh, And uh, when we went there, we went to Olympia, uh, where the ancient Olympic Games were held. And I got to have a race with my mate in the stadia, where the, the, the track, where the ancient Greeks used to race. It was so cool. Needless to say, I did not win. Uh, But it was really good. It was really fun. And uh, as we were, you know, we sort of knew quite a bit about it already, but, you know, we were learning about these runners. And I don't know if you know this, but they were very serious about not having anything on them to slow them down. And what I mean by that is, is that they ran completely naked, okay? You'll be thankful to know we did not follow in their footsteps in our race. But even today, professional athletes, they will do everything that they can do to make sure that nothing slows them down in the race, won't they? You know, swimmers, they wear caps, they shave their legs. Formula One, you know, the car's got to be as aerodynamic as possible. Whatever, whatever it takes, they will do to make sure that there is nothing holding them back. That's why when, if you were watching the uh, Commonwealth Games the other month, when you watched the runners run, you didn't see them wearing baggy jeans, did you? You didn't see them carrying a backpack full of bricks. That would be silly, because that would slow them down. You do everything possible to make sure that there's nothing to slow you down in the race. And it's kind of funny because that's so obvious, isn't it? It's almost dumb to even talk about because it's so obvious. Why would you do that? It's such a no-brainer. And yet, in our Christian life, we constantly, constantly load ourselves with distractions and sinful habits. And then we wonder, why aren't I going so well in my Christian walk? Why am I feeling distant from God? Why am I finding church hard? Why have I just stopped caring? I think every now and then it's worth checking in with yourself and asking, what have I got slowing me down in this race? Is it a sinful habit that's formed deep grooves in my life? So much so that actually I barely even care about it anymore. It's just so second nature to me, I don't even think about it. Well, is it... A love for something that's not sinful in itself, but it's become such a distraction that you've actually started to put your relationship with God on the back burner. Maybe it's pressure at work, or it's a relationship, or it's a goal that you are trying to reach, and it's just become all-consuming, and actually you've noticed you've drifted from God. It's not sinful, it's a distraction. Now, I don't think it would be hard for you to identify what it is in your life. You've probably already got it in your mind. The hard thing is throwing it off, 
right? But listen to what the Bible's saying here. It's slowing you down. And it could lead you to giving up on Christ. The danger is real. I think the best thing to do is to talk to someone about it. Talk to a prayer partner, talk to your wife or your husband or to a close friend, youth group. Come and talk to me or, 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 um, or someone else after the service. And of course, talk to God. Now bring this to him in prayer. He loves to listen to you. He loves to forgive. He loves to help. What you should not do is to go out that door tonight with the distractions on your back, with the ropes of sin tied around your legs, and write, okay, let's go running. That's just silly. And yet we do it all the time. So that's the second thing. Leave behind any distractions or sins that will slow you down. Okay, last thing. Last thing to make sure we don't give up. Look forward to Jesus. Okay, so we've, we've looked back to those who've gone before us. We've left behind any sin or distraction. Now we're running the race. Where are we going to focus? Where are we looking? Look forward to Jesus. What does verse 2 say? Let us run with perseverance the, mar- the, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When you're in a race, you fix your eyes on the finish line. You've got to be focused. In the Christian race, you fix your eyes on Jesus. You stay focused on him. And the passage actually gives us, I think, two reasons why we should do this. The first is because of who Jesus is. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. What does that mean? Now, the words are interesting. The first word, pioneer, it means he's, he's the leader. Right? He's, he's the runner at the head of the pack. He's the one who's kind of got you into this in the first place. Right? He got you into the race and he's kind of leading you on the way. But then it's, it's an odd image because he's, he's both the leader, but he's also the perfecter. That means he's the finisher. He's the one who completes something. So it's almost like he's also behind you. He's bringing up the rear and he's making sure you're going to get there. You're going to get to the end of the race as well. He's leading you on the way and he's behind you, uh, making sure you get across the finish line. And the point of the image is to show that from first to last, from the moment that we step off the starting block to the moment that we cross the finish line... It's Jesus who's going to get you there. Now, this is really, really important for us to remember. Because I think, I I definitely do this for myself. When we hear that the Christian life is a race, it can feel like, well, it's all on me to finish. You know, it's down to me and my strength. And we often don't feel strong. And I think often because of that, we feel like we should give up. Well, clearly I'm not cut out for this. You know, maybe these other people, these other Christians around me, they've got their life all sorted. They, they, they seem to be going okay. But me, maybe no one else knows, but I'm not doing very well. Clearly I'm not cut out for this being a Christian business. I might as well just give up. And I think so much of sport, you know, so much of sport marketing, it's about self-esteem, positive mindset, you know, impossible is nothing. Live strong, just do it. I had a mate at school uh, who was very into his rugby. He used to always say, M-O-M, M-O-M, which is mind over matter. M-O-M, boys, come on. That was his big thing. 
But that's not the Christian race. It's not about just going hard, sucking it up, digging deep, pushing through the pain. The Christian race is a strange race because it's a race that someone actually has done for you. Jesus is the one who died on the cross to take away your sin. And Jesus is the one who is still working in you to keep you going. At the start, I prayed that the good work that God has done in you, he would bring to completion. That's from the Bible. It's God. It is Jesus who is at work in you. He is the one who will get you there. So don't feel like, well, I'm just this rubbish Christian. I can't do this. No. He can do it. He's the impressive one, remember? He's the special one, not you. That's why you needed to be saved. That's why I needed to be saved. He's the one who will get you to the end. You just need to make sure you're not giving up. You're not turning away from him because he's the one who'll get you there. It's when you say, I don't need Jesus anymore. I don't want Jesus anymore. That's when we're in trouble. If we stick with him, he will get us to the finish line. Don't give up. I have a friend uh, who's been struggling with her walk with God for a while now. And she says, I just feel like I keep letting God down so much that I'm just starting to wonder, you know, when's he just going to zap me? You know, when's he just going to strike me down and go, you know what, enough's enough, I'm done with you. Now, she takes her race seriously. She takes her relationship with God very seriously, but she's just so discouraged by how she's going in the race. And I know what she means. I feel that way too sometimes. It can be frustrating when we feel, I'm just doing rubbish with God. We need to remember that he is the one who will get you to the end. He's the one who died for your sins. He's the one who will bring you to be with him when you die. It's because of him and not us that we're in the race. So what we need to do is make sure that we just stick with him. Don't worry if you feel like you haven't got all this together. Don't worry if you feel like I'm not very good at this. Fix your eyes on him, stick with him, and Jesus will get you to the end. But what we also see in this passage is that we should fix our eyes on Jesus because he's gone before us and he's already done this. Did you notice that? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, the Christian race is hard. If you want any proof of that, look at Jesus. It was hard for him. It's not meant to be easy. It's hard. But what we can do is we can look at what happened to him and realise, no, we're on the right path. We're on the right track. What did Jesus do? It was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. He knew that something better was coming. He knew he was going to sit down at the right hand of the Father. And it was only that knowledge of what was coming that allowed him to endure the pain of now. Now, Many of you probably heard of the famous Olympic runner, Eric Liddell, uh, made famous from the movie Chariots Fire. Uh, Liddell was a strong Christian. And uh, he was made famous when, in the Olympics, this was a long time ago, uh, he refused to run in his favoured 100 metres race because it was held on a Sunday. Uh, But then he ran the 400 metres on another day and he he won gold. Uh, What a lot of people don't know about Liddell was that after winning gold at the Olympics, uh, he went on to be a missionary in China. 
And during World War II, uh, he was still in China, and the British advised all citizens to leave China because of the threat uh, from Japan. Liddell chose to stay. Uh, And he ended up in a Japanese internment camp, and he spent the whole time he was there really focused on others, caring for others, playing with the youth there, and telling people about Jesus. See, as a runner, Liddell knew that you've got to endure the pain of the race for the prize at the end. He endured the pain, the shame, the rejection, the opposition that comes from being a Christian. Why? Because he had his eyes fixed on Jesus, who had already gone before him. He saw the race that Jesus ran and said, I'm following him because I know where I'm headed. So let's come back to our question. How can we keep running in the Christian race? We've got to look back to the cloud of witnesses We've got to leave behind all distractions and sin. We've got to look forward to Jesus. Um, as I've made clear by now, I know nothing about running. But there's a guy back in Australia that I know who does know something about running. He loves to run marathons. And he's talked about this thing called negative split or negative splitting. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's kind of a running term in marathons. Um, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong later on, uh, but a negative split is when you do better and you run faster in the second half of the race than in the first half. Okay, that's, that's harder to do, right? Normally, you start strong and then you kind of peter around and you know, stagger over the line. But there's this amazing moment for some runners where they can actually negative split, uh, which means that in the second half of the race, they actually do better than the first half. They kind of just push through this wall and they just power through to the end. And I think for a lot of Christians, it's not unusual to meet people as they get older sometimes, people who started the race strong, with joy and endurance, and then they positive split. They they start strong, but then they peter off towards the end. Either into just some sort of cynicism, despondency, or just leave the race altogether. But what we're being encouraged to do here is to negative split, to finish well, to power through to the end. It's not something we can do on our own. It's only something we can do with Jesus. I said before, I don't know where you are on the race. Maybe you've just started. Maybe you've been running for a while. Maybe you're going well. Maybe you're struggling. The question is, will you persevere to the end? Will you be able to say with the Apostle Paul, I've fought the good fight, and I've finished the race. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you for Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the one who leads the pack and brings up the rear, the one who starts us off on this race and makes sure that we finish. Father, we pray for all of us here, myself included, that you by your spirit, would be at work in us to help us to keep running, to keep persevering, that we might together finish the race and enjoy the wonderful finish with you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.